0: excited today. We've got uh, wonderful presenters with us. We've got Kimberly Spring Glick. We've got Siri Chalazzi. So I'm very excited. We've got Carter Anderson, who wrote up this whole description and wrote the questions and is hiding behind the SCW sign. Um, But Kimberly Spring has been a leader in the fitness industry for over 25 years, presenting workshops on fitness, yoga, wellness, leadership, and personal growth at conferences around the world. She's the group, former group fitness director for Lifetime Fitness for a decade. She survived it. Look at her. She looks exhausted. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she also was the idea program director of the year. Very, very well deserved. And she stepped away from corporate life Um, And now she created the most, it's so cool, the Inspired Life University, and she focuses on helping fitness pros elevate their careers and become wellness leaders. She also wrote the SCW Life Coaching Certification. She keeps writing, reading, and sharing her knowledge, and she's pretty cool, and I really like her. So that's really nice. And then, unfortunately, I don't like Siri as much. Just kidding. Um, I love Siri. She is the idea emerging trailblazer of the year. Um, And she's a 15-year veteran of the fitness industry. You look at her. She doesn't look like she's even 25. Uh, (laughs) She's a master trainer for several programs. She teaches formats ranging from Pilates and bar to step and hit. She's also a master trainer for cardio yoga, which is a very mind-body program that I hope she shares some information on. Um, She trains instructors. She travels around to conferences. She has a second career as an academic researcher working at Harvard on behavioral science and gender equality in organizations. So I have these amazing ladies. Manuel Velasquez was going to join us. He leads the SEW yoga certification and the Group X certification, but he lost internet. So we're a little, we're, we're so sad, but we're sending him good vibes. Um, so this is really kind of, I'm excited about this webinar because, oh, by the way, hi, I'm Sarah Cooperman. I'm the S of SEW and I forgot I need to show this. Here we go I have it hiding over here see I got my new book see yes. my new book? congratulations there's you around okay anyway there's my new book it's very exciting da 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 this was this is this is my mind body stuff but so we're with mental health being more prominent and focused in today's society and mind body workouts such as yoga Pilates meditation becoming increasingly popular Um, as a holistic approach to fitness, workouts combine physical exercise with improving flexibility, strength, balance, and we're looking at mental well-being. And so I'm not going to go on in the description. I think we all kind of know where we're at here. But what I wanted to kind of just first start with, and Siri, I'm going to hit you up at this, what, you know, we look at this, um, what is a mind-body workout? Yeah,
1: I love this one. This is a little bit like the core. You ask 10 fit professionals to define the core and you're going to get 10 different definitions. So this is by no means, you know, mind is right and somebody else is wrong. But here's how I think about what mind-body is and what distinguishes the mind-body classes that I teach, which for me are Pilates and stretching and cardio yoga, from things like step and hit. It's the idea that we are purposefully present with not only our physical bodies, but also with our thoughts and our emotions in what we're doing. So sometimes in a strength training class, when things get really tough and we want them to do 10 final squats that are really heavy, we say, oh, think about being on a beach or think about your next vacation. What are you gonna be doing for Thanksgiving? In other words, we're asking them to dissociate to get through the tough part. And that's certainly an effective strategy. But to me, what kind of distills what mind-body is all about is that we do the opposite. And we say, yes, I want you to do 10 more squats. And yes, it's going to be really tough. But can you tap into why you're doing this? Can you take a deep exhale breath, right? Like, can you tap into your inner core, your metaphorical core of perseverance and determination and willpower to get those 10 squats done? So that's just one way of thinking about it.
0: And Kimberly, lend your expertise here.
2: Yeah, for me, you know, it's very similar. It is the, the idea of bringing together, you know, as, as it says, mind, body, you're bringing together your, your thoughts, your mind, as well as your physical body. But for me also, as Siri said, it's also bringing in the heart of it, your, your spirit. And so mind, body, spirit is a more kind of encapsulating approach, but Um, it is, it is creating that connection and often, and traditionally yoga has taught us that the, the connection to bring it all together, to, to bring us into the present moment is our breath. So the breath has all often been referred to as the bridge between the mind and body, but it really is about being fully present. But then in that present moment, which is the only place we can have awareness. And so when you're in the present moment and you're able to have awareness, That's when you can, A, get the most out of any experience you're in. I'm sure we can all agree with that. But when you're working out, whether it's it's yoga or kickboxing or strength training or dancing or cycling, it's when you can make the next best decision to ensure you receive the most benefit as well. And I remember when I first launched Life Power Yoga at Lifetime in 2010, 2011, we had the fitness studios and the mind-body studios. And so I love that we're having this conversation because the concept of making that connection, which, you know, I think we definitely have some in agreement that that's at least part of the definition, but I think that that needs to live across the board in what we offer, what we do, the experiences we provide. Um, Again, maybe thinking about what we do as wellness, as opposed to just
0: physical fitness. So- and there we have it the one more thing i want to ask you guys to remind you is if you move your mouse you go down you'll see that green share button go to the left and we say this go to the left there's a chat box feel free to write your questions in there because we will really address them which is great to do so so kimberly you want us to integrate this mind body awareness um throughout different styles and types of, of programming. So what do you see as the biggest benefits of a mind-body workout for fitness clients?
2: You know, I think, and I know in the description, we talked a lot about breathing, meditation, bringing those techniques in. And, and I think that if we were to categorize, categorize all of that as is focusing on having a presence practice, which is nothing more than practicing being present. Whether you do that through meditation, breathing, um, practicing being so fully present in the moment that you can, again, get the most out of the experience, make the best choices for you and such. Um, The benefit of that is, A, we shift from autopilot, which we spend a good chunk of our life in where we're kind of going through the motions, we're physically, we're there, but we're going through the motions. So we need to shift from autopilot to manual mode. When we do that, we not only get so much more out of the experience, but we have the opportunity to, through the breath alone, um, slow things down a bit. And when we even, we talked about this just before we, we came on, but when you elongate your exhale, lots of different breathing techniques. We get that could be a whole separate webinar, but when you do something as simple as elongate your exhale, slow down the exhale, that triggers your parasympathetic nervous system, which is, it stimulates the relaxation response, brings your body to a place of ease. And that is certainly something that we can benefit from
0: in anything that we do. Yeah. And we were talking about this and we heard a great keynote from um, uh, 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 Lynn and Victor Brick, and they talked about the mind body. You know, they work with the John with the um, uh, John Brick Mental Health Association, mm-hmm. and the breathing that Lynn actually had us go through, where it was four counts breath in hold it for four counts, and then eight breaths out. And I know, like I was talking about like late at night, like right now I'm watching Beckham on Netflix and is awesome, but I'm watching Netflix and then you click off your, you know, the TV and you're supposed to go to sleep. And I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not folding my shirts the proper way like he does. So I I breathe in, I hold my breath and I exhale those eight counts. And it's, I do that a couple of times and literally it's phenomenal. I'm just, I'm really mellowed out. Um, And Sarah, I I think it's really important to note. And a lot of times
2: people use breathing techniques to either come to a place of stillness, to relax or go to sleep at the end of the day. But our body is designed to shift in and out of our sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. We're not meant to be in this fight or flight stressed out mode all the time, but we happen to live in a world and and most of us in a culture where there's, it's just go, go crazy busy, not enough hours in the day to get it all done. And so to take that same technique that you use to kind of help you calm down and get to sleep at night to incorporate that through the day, and maybe it's part of the workout routine, even, um, it's hugely beneficial because our body is designed to do that. We've got to retrain it to get back into that ability.
0: Yeah. And, um, Siri, how do we incorporate mind-body workouts into our existing programs? So if
1: you're not currently teaching a mind-body modality, but you're teaching something like step or core or total body uh, strength that's seemingly distinct, um, I do a couple of very simple things to piggyback off of what Kimberly just said. Introduce conscious breathing or breathing techniques or exercises into your class, either at the beginning or at the end. With strength training in particular, you're actually able to perform your exercises much more effectively if you're breathing correctly. So I always do that at the beginning of class before we even start our warm up. I say, hey, let's start by connecting to our breath. While we're connecting to our breath, let's make sure that we're breathing three dimensionally into the cylinder, so belly is expanding, chest is expanding, front to back, side to side, and top to bottom. As we're breathing, we're inhaling through the nose because that's the proper way to breathe. In strength training, we want to exhale through the mouth because we want to get a powerful exhale breath that usually coincides with the most difficult part of the exercise right when you're uh, working the hardest. So I walk people through this quickly before we get into the exercises so that when later on I remind them of the powerful exhaler, this is when you inhale, this is when you exhale, they know how to do that. At the end of class, if you have a little bit more time, you could introduce, you could do kind of like a final rest after your stretches um, in some kind of restorative position and practice just the most simple breathing technique I give is exactly what just Kimberly just gave is only focus on making your exhales longer than your inhales. That's it, super simple. Another very popular one, my students love this because it's mathematical and it, it helps them focus is the so-called box breathing. So you inhale for, let's say a count of four, then you hold for the same amount, a count of four, you exhale for another count of four, and then you hold again for a count of four before you inhale again. So it's like drawing a box. Inhale, hold, exhale hold. And it could be four counts or however many counts. Um, And then another one that I've encountered that can be particularly helpful for deeper relaxation is the four, seven, eight. So you inhale for a count of four, hold for seven, and then exhale for eight. But there's no magic formula. You get the point. There's a lot of different ways of doing this, but we can sort of introduce some of those simple breathing exercises to our students and mention to them, hey, this is something that you can take home with you. If you're feeling your heart rate going up in a meeting or you're having a conversation with a family member and you feel things are starting to spiral out of control, these are moments when you can use these techniques. If you're struggling to go to sleep, this is a moment when you could use that technique. You know, if you have a have some sort of medical test or surgery or something coming up and you're freaking out, this is something that you can do um, to leave them with these gifts that they can uh, sort of take into their lives outside of the fitness classroom as well.
0: And this is, we're getting a few comments here. Actually, um, Janie asked where Manuel was. And I did say at the beginning of the webinar, unfortunately, he lost internet, he lost Wi-Fi and electricity, and the poor guy can't get on. So we're stuck with these two beautiful women. So we'll just deal with that. Yeah, those two beautiful women and me. And we've got, it's interesting talking about when I see that my heart rate is in is too high in my red zone. Breath control consciously helps um, reduce the intensity from red to orange. So that's very interesting. Breathing is important, and I, you know, when I ever, whenever I think of integrating mind, body, or creating a connection. Um, it's it's very interesting because it can also help you focus on your positioning and your proper alignment yes. because you're focusing on the body. So like Siri had said, you know getting out of your body and thinking about, come on, you're going to that class reunion, let's push it a little harder. It takes you away. But I like when I think about my form, it does make me connect with my body and I think what it also does. It shuts my brain off. So I don't have to think of, I'm going to say mother-in-law, although my mother-in-law was one of my best friends, but you shut off that family thing. You shut off what's going in the office and you're just focusing on your body. And I think Kimberly, it was you that brought it up because I was when I, well, before we turned the camera on, I was talking about, you know, people talk about in yoga class, I'm going to set my intention you know, I'm going to set my intention for this class. And I'm like, intention? I just, I am lucky my gluteals are here because I was racing like a bat out of wherever to get out of my car, to make sure the dog was fed, to, you know, hopefully remember to put my phone on silent and get there. But setting that intention for the class, um, Kimberly told me, she said it, it kind of, for me, it kind of takes you away from your day and like, okay, what am I going to set my intention for? When I think about that as, I'm not a very religious person, I'm a more of a spiritual person. So I think, what am I going to send out good vibes to? What am I thinking? Who's, where's my intention? And for me, I'm always going through my kids. You're only as happy as your most unhappy child. So I'm thinking about who's going through what. Louis getting so, shoulder surgery. Sam's got a new project he's got to manage. Max is playing pro hockey. I just hope he doesn't get any more stitches in his beautiful face. You know, and, you know, Zach's coming to visit and they're they're going to be flying to see us. Soon. So I, I think about these things. That's my intention. And you know what it did? It shut off that stress of the day. Mm. Um, Now, Kimberly, we didn't I'm going to ask you this. We didn't talk about this before before we went on. But at the end of class, some of the instructors will read like a passage. Some people will play music without words. some people will play music with words. Some people have it silent and I'm listening to like I feel like I'm listening to chipmunks running through you know the ceiling in the in the, in the stu- yoga studio. but talk to me about getting out of the class and how that could be a mind-body experience. Definitely you know, it's it's a,
2: the reintegration period almost <laughs> so you've given yourself this be it an hour, where again, you've shifted from autopilot into manual mode. You made the conscious choice to be fully present in your body, in the moment with your, your thoughts and your heart wide open and making your choices, setting your intentions. And so, yeah, I, I've, I've experienced a lot of different um, and, and have taught a lot of different ways. I typically end with a blessing now because I think that how we exit the experience back into our day-to-day. If we think of our day in segments, then how you enter from one segment to the next matters. And I found that whenever you can move from one segment to another in your day, in your life, either feeling inspired or moving in a state of appreciation you are laying the groundwork for the next segment to unfold beautifully and, and segments beyond like the rest of the day, even perhaps. And so if we can, by reading a passage or sharing a quote, or for me, it's a blessing. I say the same blessing at the end of every single yoga class, Sarah, you've heard it more than once. And it's really about ensuring that you know, when they walk out those double doors, it is in our studio, when they walk out through those double doors, they're doing so to both enjoy and appreciate the day ahead. Because so often we move through our days, often either, either in autopilot and or focused on either what we have to get done, what we haven't gotten done. We tend to often come from a place of lack, either the things we don't have yet, the things that we haven't accomplished yet, And so we have this kind of hovering, you know, to-do list and to-want list um, that never seems to go away. And there aren't enough hours in the day to get it done, remember? So it, it can be a haunting experience. But if you can bring yourself to the present moment, be it yoga, or we're talking about incorporating this into other fitness modalities, if we can enter into the next part of our day from a state of appreciation or feeling inspired in some way, shape, or form, we're just, again, we're laying a foundation, um, for having it unfold in a beautiful way.
0: Oh my God. I just love that because the most stressful time that I, that I always experience are transitions. That mm-hmm. is without a doubt when the kids are going back to school, when the kids are just, uh, um, are getting out of school and getting ready to go to camp or for, and again, I'm talking about my kids, but, or when you're trying to leave work, you know, we try to do a thing every day is you write, you do a nightly report, which basically says, this is what I accomplished. This is what I have left to do. And hopefully that gives you some closure on the day and a feeling of accomplishment. And hopefully it's not terrifying when you look at at the to-do list that's twice as long as the to-done list. But those transitions, anything you can Mm -hmm. um, figure out to to make them is important. Is that, do you, Siri, do you find that like the transitions tend to be the most stressful?
1: I think so. And that's why, um, you mentioned earlier that I'm a master trainer for cardio yoga, which is just such a beautiful format. And one of the things that we do in that format always to ease the transition in is to start class with an acclimation. That's about two minutes. I like to record mine, actually. So I, I speak it into my voice recorder on my phone and then I just play it in class so that I can also acclimate myself alongside my students. But we we head into a comfortable pose and we just stay for two minutes, focus on our breathing and listen to whatever I have to say that day. Um, and I and I introduce that to students as an opportunity to transition from their busy lives and all the stresses and the to-do lists and the to-done lists out there into a protected space for the next five minutes. That's about you. That's about your well-being, physically, mentally, and emotionally. That is your time to do what you need to do. Focus on the things that you need to do. Right honor where you are today. And we can't just say that. And SNAP expects people to to get to that place, right? So whether it's through movement, whether it's through stillness, whether it's through more words, uh, we have to give them that that gentle transition in. And I also think that kind of introduction part or acclimation to class can be a great moment to introduce if you wanna weave mindfulness in throughout a class, even if it's not a mind-body class. Again, I'm using the example of strength training. This could totally be strength training. But you could introduce a theme uh, or you could invite people to set an intention or what's one thing that you need today? You know, it could be more sleep. It could be more grace for yourself. It could be more patience with your kid who's testing your, whatever it is, invite them to pick one thing in the beginning and then kind of return to that throughout in moments that make sense. In my cardio yoga classes, I like to always have a theme that's centered around a duality of something positive and something negative because- life involves both things. So we're heading into the holiday season. So for the next couple of weeks, I'm going to be inviting people to think at the beginning of class during the acclamation, identify one thing in their life that they are grateful for that feels like a gift. It could be a person, it could be a thing, it could be the upcoming holidays, whatever it is they pick. And then I invite them to think of something right now that's feeling heavy on their shoulders, weighing them down, right? Something that they would love to just clear out of their space. And I tell them in this class, I'm going to call this your burden. And so as we go through class, sometimes we're inhaling our gift and exhaling our burden. And sometimes we're picking up heavy weights and say, imagine this is your burden right now. And just press it up and out and push it out of your space. Here you are pushing it out of your space. Or maybe you're holding a plank and I'm saying, look down, see your burden and press it away with your hands and know that you have the power to keep this thing outside your protected sphere. You know, tough stuff is part of uh, part of life, but it doesn't have to engulf you all the time. Um, so that's another strategy that we can kind of, uh, in addition to the beginning and end of class, weave in some of the mindfulness elements throughout.
0: I like that. I I do something I didn't even realize that I was doing it is, you know, when you're in downward dog and you tell people, shake your head, no, shake your, you know, shake your head, yes, shake your head, no. And just now I did the same thing. I have trained myself to say, shake your head, no, now shake your head, yes. So I want them to end more positively. And I don't remember why I started doing that. I think it was, there's some book about say yes, like to do every whatever. I probably, there's a movie that I've been to. I'm a movie person. Okay, Kim, here we go, Kimberly. What are some of the most common challenges that you face when teaching mind-body workouts? For me, I was teaching at Lifetime Fitness. 55 people i get regularly in my yoga class and some lunatic next door is teaching a step class, (laughs) screaming at the top of her lungs. Anyway, how do you overcome them? How do you overcome any, you know, these type of invasions we get on our class?
2: Yeah, I mean, there, there are definitely challenges, both challenges to the what we consider our more traditional mind-body formats that might be more like yoga, Pilates, where we do prefer a more quiet space, perhaps, depends on the style, um, but then as we bring mindfulness into other formats, the other, other challenges emerge. But before I touch on that, I'd love to share a bit of a transition hack if I could. It's something I've been doing for years, and it truly, truly, truly has helped me. Typically, I will move into a segment, a life experience from a state of appreciation because um, I've trained myself to do that. So organically, I just go there, but there are still times it's been maybe a rough day. Things haven't potentially gone the way I wanted to go, whatever the case may be. So I've trained myself, you know, when I'm going in to teach, when I'm getting onto a Zoom, I did it today before I jumped on with you all. If I'm getting on stage to present, it takes 30 seconds. So my friends, if you think you're going to be entering into something that either like, oh, I wish I didn't have to do this, or maybe it's even something you want to do, but like, you're so busy right now. I wish I could do this later. Um, I'm feeling pressure, overwhelmed. 30 seconds, you close your eyes, you take three deep breaths. And then whether internally or externally, say it out loud, if you're alone, Um, don't say it out loud. If you're in a public place, (laughs) I tried that once. It didn't go so well for me, but three deep breaths to get grounded. And then you think about what it is you're about to enter into this next segment, what you're transitioning into. And you say, I don't have to do this. I get to do this. You say it three times. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I get to do this. So whether I have to stop for gas and I'm like, oh, I don't feel like stopping for gas or I've got to go get groceries. Like, I don't have to. I get to get groceries because, you know, we have the ability to go get food, you know? So it just the little things that often we think can be that we're transitioning into that can be frustrating or overwhelming, just a little 30-second hack there. But as far as challenges for bringing mindfulness, mind the mind-body concept into what we do, you know, I've definitely taught classes to your example, Sarah, where, you know, we have this quiet space and then like a a, a loud stereo next door comes on. I mean, it's never happened at a conference or anything, but um, never.
1: <laughs> I've never been that step person either at a conference.
0: We have just. <laughs> oh my god, Boston, Boston. Yeah, Boston mania. The doors, the the air walls between were literally broken. Oh, no. So, and we just kind of assumed and then I talked to the guy the management dude i think it was on saturday you know we had all day friday all the noise going in and out of the room and he was like oh i'm sorry and then they boom just closed them and i was like you've got to be kidding me anyway please go ahead yeah so i tend
2: to play off anything like that um i play off of it and bring it uh, in into the experience and the fact of the matter is when there's noise when there's external things happening around you, it gives you more opportunity to practice true mindfulness because um, peace is not the absence of chaos. It's the ability to stay calm even when there is chaos. And so to be able to, to come in and focus even more on the breath and into the moment. And I think one of our greatest challenges into it, when it comes to bringing mindfulness into general fitness is that people tend to think it's very esoteric so whether they whether they associate it with the idea of religion or specific philosophy or whatever they do tend to think it's a bit esoteric so it's up to us as leaders to educate people that what we're talking about here is is being present and being fully connected and you know one of the greatest tools we have to do that we've talked about so much here is breathing and we know how important breathing is in day-to-day life when you're face to face with someone you care about who's so upset they're they're like hyperventilating, what do we tell them to do? We tell them to to breathe, take some deep breaths. When a woman is about to go through the most painful experience of her life, giving birth, there are classes that teach her how to do what? breathe because we know that her ability to control her breathing is going to help her get through the pain of that experience. So it's not that we don't understand the importance of breath and being present and being able to create that connection. It's that we have not educated maybe ourselves as a whole, but certainly the the clientele that we serve to understand that this is part of the experience. It should be. And, and it needs to be a focus to ensure that we are approaching this in a more holistic way. So it's not just physical fitness. It is wellness. We want to have our healthiest, happiest lives. And we can't just accomplish that with lunges and jumping jacks.
1: Yeah. You know, Can I just piggyback on that? Sorry, Sarah. No, Because no. um, Kimberly, you had mentioned it earlier, and I, I thought it was such a brilliant point. I just wanted to lift it up again about that artificial separation between the coop exercise studio over here and the mind-body studio over here, right? In our lives and in our beings, it's all connected. And it's been all connected all along. The physical, the mental, the emotional, spiritual, whatever you want to call it. And everything affects everything, right? We are different. But, you know, think about your your regular class lot at noon. And let's say you teach it several times a week. You have the same people come. They're going to be different every day because they slept differently the night before. They ate something different in the morning. They came from a great meeting or a sucky meeting. Their kid is sick or their kid is on top of the world. Like all these things are constantly influencing us mentally, physically, and emotionally, and that's showing up in our workouts. I think that's very important to remind our people of, uh, give them permission to show up differently and say, just because you lifted 10 pounds last week or last class two days ago, maybe you're lifting 15 today or maybe you're lifting five or nothing at all. Because it's not because you lost or gained that much strength in two days. It's because other stuff is happening constantly um, that's influencing how we feel. And I love this concept of, of how you said kind of tools for our students and breath. I agree is probably the, the biggest and most powerful tool, but I wanted to share two other ones that I use. One is sensory integration, uh, being more in touch with what we're seeing, hearing, smelling, uh, feeling, touching, right? Um, can help bring, that's a way you can help bring yourself back into the present moment. So a couple of concrete ways I love to do that in classes is have people touch their own bodies. And say, where are you feeling this the most right now? Or where is the burn? Put your hand there, right? Like press skin into skin and tell yourself through that tactile connection, through that touch, I'm okay, I've got me, I've got this. Maybe I'm dying of this hamstring stretch or I'm dying in this deep squat because my glutes and my quads are on fire, but I'm here and I can do this and I've got me. Um, or if, uh, you know, it's a cardio class, right? And people are breathing really heavy, heart rate's really high listen to the sound of your breath, like feel the power in your breath, feel the wind on your skin, wow, hear that panting. And then the set is over and 30 seconds later, say, so check in again, check in with the sound of your breath, um, You know, check in with the, with the feeling of your sweaty skin uh, brushing up into the air. Um, so that, that sensory integration, whichever sense you choose to use can be a very powerful way of, of inducing presence. And then another simple trick I like to do, it's not a trick, a thing I like to do, is just ask people often if it's in a hold, uh, maybe not in the middle of a dynamic movement, but I say, How are you feeling physically? Right? Are you dying? Are you at ease? Where's the burn? Where's the breath? Where's the circulation flowing? Where is it getting stuck? So, what's your physical sensation? Um, What's the thought that's going through your head right now? Where is your mind at? And then how are you feeling emotionally? Are you happy? Are you frustrated? Are you tired? Are you exhausted? Um, and they don't have to share that with me in a big class. Obviously, it's infeasible. But I ask them to check in on those three levels, physical, mental, and emotional for themselves so that they train that muscle of in a different moment, at home with their kids, at a meeting, at work. Um, they don't have to be at the mercy of their unconscious reactions to things, but they can point out, oh, wow, I feel like my heart rate's rising. I'm getting so anxious because I'm about to speak in this big meeting in front of my superiors. Okay, I can recognize that I can see what's happening. I can choose to, you know, squeeze my hands together or take a couple of deep breaths and calm myself down. Um, That self-awareness is something that we can train in the fitness world. And it's a gift that they can take with them outside.
0: Yeah. And you you know, Siri, one of the benefits that I found through the pandemic when I was teaching yoga online was I had them when I was doing like a triangle pose and I was like, touch your hip, touch your rib, touch your shoulder, reach your arm up. And they cued themselves. They love it. And I still do it. Cause how am I going to go through a yoga class with 55 people and, and have me touch everyone it really helped that. them to do it. So I love that. I love that idea. But I love the idea of bringing it not just into yoga, bringing it beyond the yoga studio. And one thing that I found fascinating, I have to share this with you guys. At, at Boston Mania, I uh, did a fireside chat with Mark Harrington. And he's the president of the um, of HealthWorks. They have what is it? It's six or seven clubs in the Boston area, and he manages another 15 clubs, and they're opening more. And you know what he did in his studio? He took the TVs down in the cardio area nice. because he was finding people, he got comments, people were getting too stressed out from seeing the news that was going on and also having more stimuli. And I know that, you know, we can wear our AirPods, we can listen to our own music, watch our own videos or whatever we want to do while we're working out. But I thought that was fascinating. That shows a huge change. It really does. Yeah, and the really focus on wellness is fascinating as well. Individuals, we're not talking about, you know, that five pounds, The you know, the number one reason that people used to come for, for to a health club was I want to lose weight. And it was these b- before and after photos. And you know what it is now? It's I want to feel better. And I and it just like, it, it makes my heart sing to hear yeah. something like that. Because yeah. not only do I work out just to feel better and, uh, you know, about just feel better, reduce the stress, um, but it's just, you know, to get, to, to get back to yourself, to who you really are, you know, yeah. cause you do get wound up or I get wound up during the day. I know that's surprising to everybody. We all do. All right. <laughs> Here we go, Kimberly. How do you market and promote your mind, body, um, workout offerings? And that's, I'm just, I just started it out kind of by saying, feel better. You know, it's not about losing the weight right now. It's about feeling better, finding yourself feeling healthy. Yeah, and and I think that again it starts with us
2: educating ourselves, us be it be it doing the research, finding out what studies show, what other experts in the area how they talk about mindfulness, how they describe it, how they define it and then I mentioned earlier I think it's important that you have your own philosophy. Like what's your philosophy? A philosophy is nothing more than how you choose to see something, what's your perspective on a particular topic. And so really arming ourselves with knowledge. And then, of course, knowledge is only potential power. So once we have that knowledge, we have to make it powerful by incorporating it. And so I think we I think we drizzle it in instead of launching a format and calling it like a mind body format. I think the way that we promote this in our industry, and our clubs, and the places that we teach is just making it a part of what we do. And part of it is encouraging people to be open to it by saying you wanna feel better. So Sarah, great great analogy there or great um, story there. But I also think um, part of like what you said, Siri, the idea that you're training for life Like that whole, the whole um, sensory integration is always such a wonderful approach. And I think anything that we can bring into the experiences we provide that will help them the other 23 hours of the day is a huge win. And back to the idea of tapping into and turning on that parasympathetic nervous system to teach our body to come back to a place of calm. I think whether it's, it's yoga or a higher intensity workout, Whenever the time comes that we're either giving them a moment to, to hit the reset button, to come back to the breath, to maybe calm down, maybe it's a hit class and they're getting ready to go again or whatever the case may be, I will bring them back to their breath and I'll remind them that you know one way to judge, one way to measure is how I usually say it, one way to measure our strength is how hard we push ourselves. How hard can I push? How much can I lift? How much can my body take before it either fatigues or gives out? But I would dare say that an equally important measure, if not more important, is how quickly can I recover? How quickly, once I have been in a stressed state, be it physically, mentally, emotionally, how quickly can I bring myself back to a place of calm and a place of ease? And what I always tell people is I promise you, if you take the opportunity to practice that here in this safe space, That is a skill that you can hone that will help you 10 times over in the world out there because you just never know when life is going to put you in your next stressed situation. So how quickly can you recover from that?
0: And that's also physiologically how um, physicians will check how you deal with stress and how you recover. Um, I was at the Mayo Clinic doing an exact, they do this really cool thing. It's an executive checkup. And um, I unfortunately lost both my parents from cancer. My brother's positive with the BRCA gene and I never got tested, but I'm like, I'm going to go and I'm going to do this checkup thing and see how how everything's working and it's in its proper order. So they put you on a treadmill and they just kept picking it up with me and picking it up with me and picking it up with me. I was like, this is killing me. And I talked to my husband about it. He was getting really scared. So we started talking to the, the, the nurse next to him. He said, and she, he he was like, my heart rate's really going up. <clears throat> and he said, is everything okay? And she looked at him. She goes, trust me, if it wasn't okay, all these doctors would be surrounding you. And it, But it was fine. And then they check you at the end to see how quickly you go mm-hmm. back to normal. So yeah. it's the way you deal with the, whether it's like Kimberly was saying, emotional stress or whether it's that physical recovery. And I do, I just noticed Lawrence Biscontini is on this webinar. He should, he should be on this filming. He yeah. was my yoga instructor. I took my yoga certification from Lawrence, not just yoga one, but yoga two. And it was so fantastic The first time I went in just to check how the music was and the room was set up and is Lawrence okay? And I sat down and I ended up staying there eight hours just because (laughs) of how magical he was. So pretty amazing. So what what is your advice, Siri, that you would give to fitness professionals who are interested in offering mind-body workouts, but doing it virtually?
1: Mm. Well, I think virtual actually offers a lot of potential in this space, because sometimes, as we've been talking earlier, the physical environment of the gym may not be the most conducive, especially when people are getting into a mind body practice, and they find it really hard to be present in the presence of loud sounds or things like that. And also people might not be able to relax surrounded by others in a cold gym in a room that's too hot or too dark or too bright or whatever um and so being in the comfort and safety of their own home might actually be conducive to students to our participants who might be newer to uh mind body practices or i love kimberly's was was it called again presence practice is that what it was called folks who are newer to that um so so i think virtual might be a great uh great place to start one way I like to sell these things to my students is I remind them that as beneficial as exercise is, whether it's high intensity cardio or weightlifting or strength training, that's an inherent stress that we're placing on the body. Literally the mechanism by which strength training makes us stronger is that we cause, create micro tears in our muscles when we lift heavy weights, which sends a signal to our body to repair. And in fact, keep repairing so as to make the muscles stronger. That's how we gain muscle mass. But that's a process of breaking down and then repairing, causing stress first. Um, So it's just as important as it is to create that stress and to bring that stress in, to do recovery. Uh, And that recovery can be physical activity recovery, things like foam rolling and stretching and yoga, but also the mental part of recovery, right? When you've finished a big project or done something really mentally taxing, emotionally taxing, um, As for example, you need to give yourself time to integrate that and process that, and then you move on. So I tell my people who like to go really hard, this is half of the equation and in order to keep going hard, and in order to not get a premature injury that makes it so that you can never run again or do a hit class again, you have to take your quote-unquote mind-body part of the equation, those more restful recovery activities that connect you to your breath, help you manage and increase the activity of your parasympathetic
0: nervous system. You have to take those things even Equally so, as seriously. So I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in for one second. We did get a very interesting question from Stephanie. With mental health and well-being, is there a certain steps we can take um to help people with uh trauma? So Kimberly, I'm gonna jump in with you and then I do want you to address the online issue as well. And I know we're we're getting close to running out of time, so you get like one minute. <laughs>
2: I would just say when it when it comes to um, working with people with trauma, there, there are certainly trainings out there. There's yoga teacher trainings that are specific to creating a safe space for those who are recovering from trauma. But um, I will always lean into the fact that there are people who are fully trained. I when I look at myself and us as leaders, like unless you have training as a licensed mental health care professional. The training we have in the health, fitness, wellness, yoga space is a much more aspirational approach. We get to be the the A to B people. We meet people where they are. We we maybe share with them a vision if we're one-on-one or in a small group about where they want to go. And then we help coach them to get there. Um, When it comes to looking back and healing from something – that's something that we need special training for. So I'd probably leave it at that. And, and would that would be a space, just like I'm not a nutritionist, a dietitian. If someone wanted a specific meal plan, I would refer them. If someone specifically was focused on the healing from a trauma, I personally would refer as well. Um, and do you want to
0: stop there? No, that's good. That's good. Real quickly, everybody, I want you to take a peek, if you would, um, what's coming up uh, next year. because. Thanksgiving's almost here, which is wonderful. And then we have our holiday season. We've got seven conventions coming up next year. Our first convention is February 23rd through 25th in Washington, D.C., then March 22nd through 24th in California mania, which is in San Francisco. We have Florida mania in Orlando, which is May 3rd through 5th. And we have Atlanta mania in July 19th through 21st. Dallas Mania is August 23rd through 25th. Midwest Mania in Chicago, our hometown here in SCW, September 27th through 29th. And then November 3rd through 5th, the last um, mania of the year is in Boston. So you can see these (laughs) lovely ladies with me, and Manuel and Carter, again, who's hiding. And I just want to thank you all for joining us and wish you a very happy Thanksgiving. And Take care. Everybody, let's breathe in. Four counts. Exhale. Have a very good night.